Welcome to the Crypto Witch Club podcast, a space for all to learn about blockchain tech. Join us as we demystify NFTs, report on crypto culture, and navigate Web3. Hey, Crypto Witches. This week on the Crypto Witch Club podcast, we're talking about our favorite carbon neutral and carbon negative blockchains, the highly anticipated ETH upgrade, and why flight credits and our recent miserable flight inspired us to dream up how airlines can utilize NFT-based reward systems for passengers. We'll also talk blue zones, crypto bros, and an awesome chart graph thing that we're making to demystify crypto and the environment. Don't forget to join us at our new home on Geneva. Everyone who joins and participates in designing and suggesting programming for our upcoming Crypto Witch Club cards will be dropped a free NFT when we launch this fall. Link to join our community in the podcast description. Enjoy this app. I think it's great crypto's going up, but I think this is a fake breakout. Oh. I base that on neither science nor, nor fact, but just from being in bear markets before, and my previous experience, like I've seen breakouts. This like this is a false bull. It could be. It seems too early, but like go- <laughs> it's a faux bull. But going back on what I said the last podcast, I was like, oh, I don't think it's going to be as bad as 2018. I don't think it's going to drop as far or as great. And I still agree with that. But like, it feels like it's too early for a cycle up. Right. It's four year cycles. And also, like the. The global economy is kind of doing crazy things and yeah we a mess <laughs> um i think i'm excited for it like i hope it does have some stability and goes up but i do hope it chills because i want to invest more i was counting on like six to 12 months of this so yeah. i'm like don't go too fast okay like i feel like bear markets are just like when there's like something this deep I just want to put everything in it. Mm-hmm. It seems like, but that's why I'm eating keep... beans for lunch the second day in a row. Beans are good for you, Shireen. You should eat them every day. Blue zones. Should we digress into blue zones for a second? Yeah, you okay, talking so about blue zones that. is people who live over 100 years old in certain areas of the world in the sky research them to see what the deal is. And they eat beans. They have community of people that support them. They do everyday manual labor, sitting up from the ground, water, wine. It's all good. Kind of sounds like Crypto Witch Club. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We embody the blue zones pretty well, I think. We've been eating a lot of beans. We're going to live to over 100 so that our crypto purchases will make it. Now that's a long-term investment. Yeah. (laughs) People are freaking out though. And by people, I mean just a few men I've seen on social media. (laughs) They're like, Coinbase is going out of business. And they're like freaking out. They think it's the end. They do it all the time. Every time. Maybe I've just been paying attention a little bit more. I guess this is my first bear market. So really I'm feeling the pressure. Yeah. I'm feeling the sweat. 90 t- degrees here today. I will tell you, the people who panic are the people who tweet the most. Okay. So it's it's a lot of, I feel like, small voices, okay. and they're really loud. You know, there's this, 
like viral Instagram or TikTok moment of like this kid standing outside a club at a Bitcoin conference, or, like looking at his phone uh-huh. and being like, Ethereum was dropping at this time, right? And being like, I just lost $8,000. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Like you bought in at a bull market. You have, like, you have to hold on to it now. If you don't hold on to it and you sell it, then like, yeah, you lost $8,000 and that's embarrassing. But like, that's how you lose it. That's how you lose it. By when you're selling too early. Yeah. You don't sell when you're down. Like, it's not a vibe. Have you seen the other meme though, where it's like making fun of crypto bros and it has like, it's like crypto bros will tell you they're worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars, but sleep on like a mattress in like an unfurnished room. And I think I'm like a really chic version of that sometimes. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I mean, a lot of this furniture was secondhand. Yeah. Like, from friends just getting rid of stuff. I was like, I'll take it. But it all looks good together. I, that's, like, who I am on the inside, eating my, like, bean dip and, like, putting more money in. You're a long-term investor. You're I'm thinking towards the future. I'm thinking towards the future. And probably, like, I'm pushing it a lot now during the bear market. But probably when we see it become more bullish and when you really see it going up, when it's it's peaking, I tend to invest less and I tend to go to other investments. So I think, you know, when we see it cycle up, I'm not going to be investing as much as I am in the bull, in the bear market right now. I'll probably be like, oh, let's amp up like our 401k or, you know, some other investment. Okay. Or so, so now in the bull market, you're not so much investing in crypto. I think in the bear market, I want to funnel more money in because uh, it's on a dip. And then when it gets more bullish and, you know, when my money starts tripling, I kind of slow down my investments. I still contribute regularly, but it's less. And that's kind of the time to focus on other investments because, you know, you want to keep your dollar cost average down. But I think consistent buying are so important. Cool. Can we talk about the environment? Because that's like another thing people are freaking about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think like the number one thing to understand is not all cryptocurrency, not all blockchains are created equal. Different blockchains will impact the environment in a different way. So first you have to understand that crypto isn't just one thing. It's many things. And then all these things are not created equal. Just as you said. So absolutely. So for example, if you look at a lot of the energy utilization, it's its based on the way the blockchain set up and the protocol they use. And protocol is kind of like, we like to refer to them as like the parent or guardian of the blockchain. They tell it how to behave. The code tells it how to act. So if you look at a proof of work protocol, which is used in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, that uses computers. You have to use computers to solve very complex math equations, cryptography, um, and that uses up a lot of energy. Um, But then if you look at a blockchain that uses like a proof of stake or something like Solana, you know, from the Solana Foundation, the, the energy used in a transaction on the Solana network is equivalent to two Google searches. And I've done two. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. And I've done two Google searches since starting this podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I do thousands of Google searches a day. Yeah. So on something like Solana, 
you know, it's really energy efficient. They said um, charging your phone is 24 times, uses 24 times more energy than a transaction on Solana. Wow. I wonder if we could compare it to like transferring money in like Venmo. Like I'm curious how much energy Venmo uses or because like when you transfer money on Venmo, it, it goes through more things even. So totally. I mean, like my I, bank to your bank and all the fees. Yeah, know. absolutely. The centralized banking industry, because it really is, an, it's a for-profit industry, yeah. um, uses a lot of energy. And I would love to see, I think it'd be really cool if we could pull from some qualified sources and actually make a chart yes showing different cryptocurrencies different industries like fashion industry mm -hmm. banking industry tourism which is a huge oh my god yeah energy utilizer um and then just put it all on a chart and actually show where everything falls let's do it i think that's going to be our like q2 mass or q3 like master chart thing let's I do think, it yeah i love making charts and graphs i love it i love just like sourcing the web endlessly for material. Great. But that's, that's why we're a good team. <laughs> yeah, totally. So keep an eye out for this awesome chart graph thing we're going to make. This chart graph thing is coming to you. But I think it'd be really helpful, actually, just even sending yeah. to editors and being like, let me break it down. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wild. I think um, the more we educate people, the more the the environmentalism will come up. And you know, Polygon's actually carbon neutral. Cool. I didn't know that till recently, but Polygon is fully carbon neutral. And like we mentioned before, Elgo, um, the Algorand blockchain is carbon negative. So is ETH2 going to be carbon neutral as well? So I don't believe it's going to be carbon neutral, but it's going to use up a lot less energy. They're transitioning from a proof of work model um, to a proof of stake model. And um, minting, which is something you do on proof of stake, is a lot less or uses a lot less energy than mining, which is solving that cryptography for something like Bitcoin. So I'm excited. Also, it's going to be great for us because not only is it going to be more energy efficient, it's going to cut gas fees. And gas fees are transaction fees. Um, you know, if you buy NFTs or trade NFTs, that's a transaction fee that comes with, think of it kind of like a shipping cost. That's what's used um, to pay the people that are moving it mm -hmm. to your wallet. Do you think that the crypto industry is gonna become a for-profit industry? It already is. It already is. Yeah. But yeah. I was just having it. I mean, even if you look at something like a decentralized exchange, there's still a team behind it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The exchange is just set up using code versus allowing that chance for human error. Um, I would say like maybe at like the very beginning when Bitcoin came out with the white paper and people were using it as peer-to-peer -peer trading and it was very niche, you could say that was um, people weren't using it for profit at that time. They were using it really as a tool. Right. Okay. And it was really just utilitary based. But I mean, um, capitalism, baby, like somebody has to build these exchanges and build these brands to make them accessible. And 
they're going to make a lot of money doing it. Especially if they have really strong Web3 um, branders, branding people and marketing people like Crypto Witch Club. <laughs> nice plug. Good plug, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can definitely help brands with this transition into Web3 and like figuring out how to service your community in this new way. And I think it's about how to make an impact for your community versus doing it in a stunt way. Because yeah. you can put out an NFT as kind of like a stunt to kind of get some press and attention. People like to write about it. Well, what can you do with an NFT, for example, um, to actually benefit your customers? Yeah, it's still it's a long-term investment still. So yeah. like the best you can do is create a long-term investment. Yeah, and this is an investment into your consumers and your community. Like when people pay you for services or pay you for goods, it's like, what are they getting in return? It's all about collaboration and community and, you know, also, um, you know, having a community on the blockchain, it's, I think, really democratizes the voices and it really helps you see as a business owner what people actually want from your brand, you know, because like your most loyal people join these blockchain based rewards programs. And like those are the people to go to, like get your case studies, like they're going to tell you what they want to see and tell you what they don't want to see. And they're going to help you shift your brand. Yeah. I, I mean, when we've, when we do our digital work and marketing on web two, we use data to form our decisions and web three is the same. So. And anti-branding is still branding. Everybody yeah. needs a visual identity, whether you're a DAO, whether you are um, a DAP, whether you are a metaverse designer, everybody needs visual identity and everybody needs people to see what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's so crazy. I was actually, I've been watching this documentary called, um, I think it's called Demons and Angels. It's about um, how Victoria's Secret was built by the limited brand and all this corruption that went on and all this stuff. But it was really interesting because they had a lot of brand experts speaking. And that's what I was interested in it from. Um, I had no idea how involved Jeffrey Epstein was in the Victoria's Secret franchise. <laughs> I had no idea. So, I mean, I learned a lot. Um, Ooh, yeah. But that being said, a huge fail on Victoria's Secret because they were a really big brand and they weren't being agile is they could not adopt to the Internet. They were so catalog focused, so editorial vibe focused. That's what made them famous, shooting their catalogs like editorials and making it extra. Um, but they could not change for the internet. They were- Well, it's like, it's porn. Software. <laughs> it was slow, it was sloppy, but even I'm talking about like, like um, being able to buy products online. They were late uh, to the game. Yeah. So um, it was just really interesting to see how a brand could go. I mean, there's obviously so much messed up issues with them. Like yeah. they need to go. But it was really interesting to see how a brand could go from having 60%, like 60 stake of the market in the U.S., which is a huge amount of the market, to um, not being able to convert. 
So this is like a case study on like how to keep your brand relevant in yeah. the changing world. Yeah. And let me also say it's it's not just that. It is really layered. Like they were just there was no body inclusivity. They said a lot of terrible oh things yeah. about like the trans community that's under the vogue was like, when are we gonna see trans models on the runway? And he said, This is a fantasy. We're not. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Like, so there was just a lot of old white men doing dumb stuff on top of this. But from a branding standpoint, I just thought it was interesting. They fell so far because of their inability to be agile and adapt to the internet. Yeah. It's crazy. I want to see like a North Face do like a community, um, ah. like a blockchain community. North Face has like a cult following. They do. Or even like Subaru cars. Yes. Oh, North Face just did a Gucci collab too. It's oh, Gucci really? North Face. Oh yeah. And it's pretty popping. I bet that will. But yeah, so Ethereum too. Yes, it'll be more energy efficient. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have lower um, lower gas fees, so it's gonna be less expensive. It's gonna be faster, and it's allegedly launching in September. So. Cool, exciting. We'll see. <laughs> I just, are we, I saw that Vladimir Putin has banned digital payments in Russia. Do you think this is going to impact crypto globally? I'm like, I'm wondering how much they can enforce it. Yeah. Uh, on the DeFi side. Um, so I'm interested in that. It, it bans the use of digital securities and utility tokens. You can't use them to pay for goods, but from my understanding, you can still hold them. Okay. You just can't and pay for- Peer-to-peer -peer transfer? Yeah, you just can't pay for goods with them. So like- um, So we can't like buy condos or- Right, like cars. exactly. Or like if you're- Were they even doing that? Maybe they Oh, actually, so my husband and I were looking during like peak COVID, um, we were thinking about buying a car because yeah. we were spending so much money on like rental cars and like seeing wedding venues and whatever and quarantining. Um, and we live in New York City, so we didn't have a car. So we were looking in New Jersey at like car dealerships. So we found like, you know, a nice, safe, like entry level, like Nissan or whatever. And this car dealership in Jersey was taking Bitcoin and Ethereum. <gasps> Whoa. As payment. Cool. But like, you didn't do it. No way. This was like, I think Ethereum was like $900 at this time and going straight up. And I was like, well, like, yeah, let's talk about getting this car. But I'm there's no way I'm paying with it in crypto. Like, we'll pay with it in cash because I hate to pull out my crypto. Although it's, you know, it's good to pull it out sometimes. You're really a long-term investor. I'm a long-term investor. Next time it kind of peaks and I, I feel like it's high in the bear market, I'm probably going to take a 10%. Okay. I think that's, I don't regret much. I think everything's a learning experience. And my learning experience in the last um, bull market was if I had taken out 10%, it wouldn't have made a difference in my portfolio now. I could have put it back in at a lower place. And that was like some advice from like a finance friend I had. And yeah, he was spot on. So cool. He said, you'll never regret pulling out 10%. So yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming um, Putin's just 
trying to boost the national dollar there. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. But um, I really think crypto is so decentralized. Like, no government can hold it down. And it goes back to Satoshi Nakamoto, the person or the collective of people. Like, they knew what was up when they dropped the white paper, dropped the tech, and were like, peace. Genius. It is a little, like, I wish we know who it was, you know? It's a little, like, what if it's somebody scary? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's, it's wild because I, I always talk. We've talked about this before. Like, when I invest in cryptocurrency projects, I like the team to be docs. Docs is just a fancy word for, you know, their identity. Um, and... You know, I think it's important to know who's behind what you're investing in, but Bitcoin's the exception. <laughs> and it's just because it was the first and it has market share and, you know, it's been around the longest. So, but um, yeah, I remember in like 2012 or so when I was talking with my roommate about Bitcoin and he had some, I just could not wrap my head around it. I just thought it was money for like geeks. <laughs> like all the, I was just like, this is something like developers will use to like send stuff back and forth together or like freelancers mm -hmm. maybe or something. And then when it like was like $3 a little bit later, like a year or two later, I was like, what? How's it worth $3? Like I just couldn't wrap my head around it. But I also had a really lackluster understanding of finance as a whole. So, I mean, I, I understand like compound interest and the basic stuff, but I wish I looked into the tech more. Learning at that time. At that time. <laughs> now you know. Now I know. But I hear a lot of people saying, I wish I invested in 2017. And I'm like, hey, yeah. like, I'm really glad I did. People told me in 2017 I was too late. <laughs> yeah. And in 2018, I was like, maybe they're right. So I was buying Ethereum for under $100. But long term. I hate the word doxed. Very gatekeeping. It doesn't make any sense to me. What does it mean again? It means um, that your identity is known. Okay. So if you dox somebody, you reveal their identity. Okay. So for example, like remember how I was a little self-conscious when we first saw Crypto Witch Club and I really was like, I don't want my face on it. I don't want to be like a face thing. I just want to be education. And you were like, we have to put our faces on it. We doxed ourselves. We said, look out world, here we come. But it, it's, 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 it's very lingo-y. It's not a necessary word. It sounds like you're ducking someone, like punching them. Like, like, like it's a bad thing. It has negative connotations. Yeah. Like it, it gives a negative vibe. Yeah. I'm just like not into it. Every time I hear it, my, my brain like, ouch. <laughs> I'm like, ah, what is that? Why do we have to say it like that? There was another thing I was saying that was giving you negative vibes. Oh, it was like, um, I don't know, I was like falling down the rabbit hole or it was something, oh, gateway drug. Oh, yeah. I hate that. I, you know what? I've, like, removed it from my vocab because I'm like, actually, that is depressing. Yeah. 
We don't need to like describe a coin as the gateway drug of crypto. I just hate yeah. saying falling down a rabbit hole because it sounds QAnon-y. So we need to figure- But it was Alice in Wonderland before QAnon. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I, but I understand if, if they've, like, taken that over. They've but... tainted it for me. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just going to use some, like, I don't need to use a, a metaphor. No, it's just keep learning. <laughs> Do your own research. Yeah. Read. Hold. <laughs> Live, laugh, love, learn. <laughs> yes. I have a, a wallet question if we can just, like, stick it in here. Yes, stick it on. <laughs> so, like, if I have, so, like, you said that, like, Coinbase, people are freaking out about Coinbase because, like, they got rid of a lot of people, the stocks went down, I guess they're going back up now, but, like, should we get our stuff off Coinbase? You should never... Like, technically, you should never hold any of your crypto on exchange. Okay. It should all be in self-custody in a wallet. Realistically, I hold some of my crypto on exchange because I get interest rates, but I hold it in exchanges I trust. Mm -hmm. I have, like, a few hundred dollars in Coinbase, just, like, miscellaneous things. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of it's in Gemini's earn program because I get interest on it and I trust Gemini and they're insured up to a certain value um, with like stable coins and things. Um, but you're going to want to put the majority if you're not going, if you're not selling it, if you're not trading it, if you're not if you, like, you need to just have it in a wallet. So like maybe not the Coinbase wallet, you know, Coinbase one or hardware wallet. I think hard, if you're doing a long-term hardware wallet, but it should be safe in your Coinbase wallet. I think maybe we need to read the terms and conditions, but I don't, okay. I believe the wallet is hosted by Coinbase yeah. and it's by Coinbase, but it's still self-custody. Like Coinbase cannot access your money. Got it. But I mean, yeah, we should definitely read some fine print. Maybe that's mm -hmm. like a new series. I love the law experts that are like, I read the fine print, so you don't have to. Yeah. I would love that. Oh, by the way, we got, um. A JetBlue uh, discount. So Kate and I had a business trip. I saw that last week, and um, we we couldn't land in uh, in New York at LaGuardia because there were storms. So we were circling, and then we couldn't make it to LaGuardia because we ran under fuel. So we like had to stop in Newark, which is like you know a thirty minute cab ride to our homes totally doable, wouldn't let us plane. had to refuel the plane, had to wait, had to, like, and you could see the New York City skyline in the distance. <laughs> it was so painful. But I got this email afterwards being like, we're going to thank you for your patience, like you loyal, loyal flight takers. I got it. I got, I got the, the thing a few days later. It's $50. Yeah. 25 for you, 25 for me. But I also like credit. I also noticed that it's like to claim it, you have to sign up for their travel bank. Stop. It's a whole nother way they're doing travel. So there's you're gonna have like a travel bank. And I wonder because they have to send so much money to so many people who are getting 
Well, I wonder if it's going to like re like come into web three, like, because it's like a travel bank. So if you had a JetBlue travel bank, maybe you can earn social co- tokens on JetBlue. Like if you leave a nice review instead of like, I hate this place da, 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 because everyone is just ragging on the industry right now. So if people are out there being like, I love to travel, this layover was li- delicious. You know, like, I don't know, like maybe you get travel points in your bank. Like, I don't know. My, my brain is you're like, thinking big picture. Yeah. I, this is so crazy. You're this is genius. Like it's tokenomics. Yeah. But for the flight industry and all yeah. industries in general, I mean, there was actually a cryptocurrency that's I don't think around anymore. It's called NCash. And back in 2017, I thought it was interesting because they offered rewards if you visited storefronts, like brick and mortar storefronts, because mm-hmm. they wanted to encourage people to shop IRL. You know, so they can make a return on their storefronts. Yeah. I love this idea of tokenomics for the flight industry specifically. Well, yeah, I mean, the airline industry is just like going crazy right now. I don't know what's happening. Neither do they. (laughs) Somebody knows. (laughs) I want to talk to them. Who's the manager? (laughs) Who's running this show? Oh, my gosh. Did you see all the bags um, on TV at Heathrow? Like the Heathrow, like something happened with the baggage terminal. There was like thousands of bags just in Heathrow. And they had to send a plane to go to Heathrow to fly all the bags out because they couldn't get them out any other way. They didn't have enough space. I'm not checking a bag when I go to Europe. I'm only going to wear four outfits the whole time. That's the way to do it. I always overpack. And then there's always like the outfits I plan to wear as like my best self. And I always wear the same thing. Do you want to talk about um, off limits case study? Oh, I'm not calling NFTs any NFTs anymore. Oh my god, yeah, I want to <laughs> dig back into this. I because remember you sent me yeah that Instagram post yeah yeah I it's just a trigger word like I let's. I think I also made a post about a quote I said about how art, like fine art in the future will just come with a smart contract, like as its provenance record. Totally. So it doesn't need to be like called an NFT or anything because people will like be like, what the fuck is that? And also <laughs> if we stop the artist against NFT shade, because I'm like, these will help you earn lifetime royalties on your physical art too. Yeah. Like, this is for all creators and anybody who really works for themselves. Yeah. It's going to be the new economy. I think in 10 years, we're going to have so much remote work. I think our kids' generation is going to be like, that's crazy. You went into an office five days a week. Yeah. I think they're going to think that's insane. Like, oh, did you need to be supervised? Were you guys stupid? (laughs) (laughs) But it is. It's really childish to think that. You know, obviously, there's times you need collaboration. There's times you need teams around. Obviously, for some jobs like retail, yeah, you have to be in the location. But Jesus, maybe there won't be retail anymore. Maybe it'll all be, you know, online. It's more cost effective for stores to function as an e-commerce store versus have a brick and mortar. You can have a brick and mortar and have it be successful without e-commerce. So if you're going to lose one. Are the products flying around more 
like worse for the environment? Yes. So like things like fast fashion, any, oh, you mean like, okay, got it. So you mean like, um, like, because we're shipping, so people going to the store. I mean, yeah, of course, like, um, that's an energy. I mean, I guess suck. like the emissions you produce driving your car to the store. Right. And but also the store itself, all the electricity you needed for the store, running, the, air conditioning. running the AC for the store, the cash registers at the store, the security system at the store. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, when I used to work in like Soho, um, I called Monica <laughs> as a quote unquote stylist, but we weren't stylists. We just were like, don't you love this skirt? Like, what are they called? Sales, Sales associate. Yeah. yeah. We weren't allowed to call ourselves that though, but that's what we were. And there was actually a law in Soho that you can't have your doors open in the summer to like entice people in because people, <laughs> all the stores would be very like AC cranking ice cold and they'd all open their doors. So when you walk past, you're like, oof, let me step in there for a minute. Yeah. And it was this big rule in Soho. All these people were getting fined and all the store owners ignored it. All of them, including ours, because they people do walk into stores more when the doors are open. That's just a fact. Soho is really competitive. If your door is closed, you just don't get as much attention. So they were like very down to like blast his AC out into the streets of like uh, Prince, you know. Soho like walks were really cool though. You walk past them. <laughs> they were really uh, breezy. But yeah, I think I think energy. No matter how we commerce, it's going to require energy. Mm-hmm. But back to the chart, let's figure out how much. I want to know how much energy, like a single story storefront in Soho, uses in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how much energy, um, like a similarly sized e-commerce shop uses. Yeah, and also like when we were at the Boys Club ETH event. Um, sorry, is it just Boys Club or it's ETH? It's, no, it's Boys Club. Okay. Their Twitter is Boys Club ETH. Okay, that's yeah. what I keep saying. Because <laughs> that's their ENS address. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when we were there and pools, Melanie was talking about Melanie? Yeah. Melanie, yeah. Melanie was talking about how they have social tokens that you can sign up for with just your phone number and your email address. So that is like making it way easy to participate in crypto. And it doesn't even feel like you are because the crypto word is kind of a trigger word right now. People are like, ah, But isn't it down? Doesn't it use up like so much energy? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because, yeah, the accessibility is key. Like we were talking to some clients of ours and we were talking about a rewards program Mm -hmm. last week. And we were saying like, you don't have to tell your customers it's on the blockchain. You just tell them what the rewards are and how they benefit from it. Yeah. Because it only benefits your consumers if you set up like a rewards program on the blockchain, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, speaking of setting up a rewards program, our NFTs are coming this fall. Woohoo! So excited. So excited. They're going to be beautiful, amazing. You mean not our NFTs. You mean our rewards program. (laughs) 
our rewards program, I think they say NFTs to our community. Okay. But just to be safe, our rewards program. Even like now when you say NFT, I'm like thinking like, oh my God, do I have to make some art? Like, da, da, da. it's like, no, no, no. So it's a rewards program. Yeah. So we're not going to call it the Crypto Witch Club NFT. The actual words I think we're using um, are the Crypto Witch Club card. Okay. So it's a membership card and yeah. essentially rewards you for being a part of the community. Yeah. You get extra perks, you get more content, you get, you know, time to actually ask questions and like we do- We have office hours. Yeah, trivia, like in-app trivia nights. This is all on the Geneva app, right? Yeah, so we're launching on Geneva. We're so excited. Um, and yeah, we'll be probably announcing on social around the time that this podcast launches. So. Perfect. We're really excited. So we're going to be get doing um, a giveaway for the Crypto Witch Club club cards. And actually not a giveaway. We're giving them away. Um, so if you <laughs> attend our launch event, we're going to teach you how to open a wallet. And then we're going to drop you some NFTs. Love it. I'm so excited. And um, it's also exciting because in September, it's our one-year Crypto Witch Club anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> and your wedding anniversary and my wedding anniversary <laughs> i was so confident in crypto witch club on one of my wedding cakes it says crypto witch maybe we can can we post that yeah i actually i saved it yesterday okay. last night i was on like a, a photo spree and i saved yeah. it out oh i really want to do some charts and graphs on like how our community has grown like everything we've done yeah, so exciting. Like if you told me a couple of years ago, I'd be talking to time about decentralized finance, I would yeah. have just laughed and laughed. <laughs> yeah, but we did it. Sign of the times. We adapt. We're agile, baby. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of like being a small team is like there are totally disadvantages, obviously, like you know, there's only so much time we have in one day and only so much content we can make and only so many partnerships we can do because there's two of us, but also like we can move fast because yeah. we know what we're doing. Well, and also like skills transfer to Web3 so easily. So like we're marketing masters. So yeah. Yeah. It just Translates. It's a translated to Web3. And same with like there are Web3 lawyers. Mm -hmm. There are Web3 um, designers, fashion designers, and artists, and um, CPAs. CPAs, community managers. Yep. I love it. And I just think it's really, it's like a stepping stone to the next level. Humanity, we made it to the next level. I wonder if. If I ever have a bachelorette party, I can make it a DAO. <laughs> oh my God. And we'll give Could out coupon tokens? Yeah. <sighs> Could that be fun? Yeah. It could be. It's a project. Hey, yeah. you did so much for my wedding. I will make you whatever you want for your wedding. Coupon <laughs> did all my invites. I was also a pain in the ass. Um, all, all the, yes, I was. <laughs> all the table, all the, all the mirror writing. She was my creative director, the creative director of Crypto Witch Club <laughs> and my wedding. You were a creative director. I was executor of the vision. I was just indecisive. <laughs> but I got married. That's done now. 
And next up is Caitlin's Dow. <laughs> Caitlin's Bachelor at Dow. Oh, it could be cool too, because it's such a good way we could like close off like rooms to you and your bachelor community to like plan the surprise stuff. Oh my god, I changed my mind already. I hate surprises. I love this. No, it'd be nice surprises. It wouldn't mm. be like a stripper coming. I know what you like. It'd be two. <laughs> it would be like it would be like um like games or something or like what should we do like what private chef should we hire for dinner? Okay. What bikini should we buy her? <laughs> Only good things. I would never throw you like or be a part or let this happen a like typical bachelorette. I feel like you you need to do like arts, crafts, creator, <laughs> adventure, garden girl weekend. I'm not engaged, by the way. <laughs> like we're just thinking way far ahead. That's okay. <laughs> it's important to plan for your future, for your future DAOs. I just think it's an interesting way for DAOs to operate. And like, I just think that the bachelor, bachelorette industry is a little bit crazy. You know, it's, it's like partially the industry, but it's also just like the people you're planning the bachelorette with. Like it's just every it happens and ev everybody I talk to about this always has problems with it. And I just feel like if we could structure a DAO, like set up a bachelorette DAO structure that people could purchase from us that like lays out the rules and response roles and responsibilities so that people know, and you have to like say how much money you want to send and all agree on it because these are the things that I've been. Yeah, you have a tr transparent treasury. Yeah. So, for example, would you set it up so it's like one person's a treasurer, one person leads uh, eventing, events, yeah. one person leads food. Yeah, like I'll get in I'll on these it. groups and there'll be like sub hierarchies. So, like each person has their thing. Yeah. They contribute tokens and those tokens go into the fund to pay for the said bachelorette party. Um, and then everybody can see where they're actually going, where the yeah, funds are actually going. if someone's, going. like, actually working, doing work, maybe they also get tokens, like, paid out for their actual work they're doing. Yeah, Calling hotels. I called five hotels today. Took three hours. You know, like, whatever. That's a long time to call five hotels. I <laughs> called foul on that, but this is absolutely, like, yeah. I didn't think about that, like, yeah, there's always one or two people who get stuck with the planning and like the legwork. Yeah. So, I mean, get rid of your chat groups and your splitwise. Dows for Bachelorettes are coming. Yeah. I'm just, this I is great. Cool. This is why I love um, your futuristic thinking. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm throwing a bachelorette, but it's through this Dow. So just sign up and like, figure out which role you want and, you know, take on as much responsibility as you want. And then it'll or like little, yeah, it'll. And for those who take on more responsibility, they get rewarded. Yeah. And I, I like this idea also because it's like right now in web three DAOs are like companies doing things on web three, creating systems and software, you know, like big picture stuff. And I'm like, but this is like a little thing that, is a big picture thing, you know, like it, requ it's such it a requires huge a lot of moving parts. And I just think it could help streamline this huge headache that everybody has. Yeah. But 
love it. Really cool. Are we going to be like framework builders now? Maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah. I just love the idea of getting rewarded for the work you put in for these group events. It's kind of like when you're a kid, there's always like that one kid who like totally slacks off in the group project. Yeah. No, it's not me. <laughs> I was always the bossiest. Uh, I was the bossiest and it didn't matter what anybody else said because I was just going. <laughs> My mother calls me a natural leader, but I mean, third grade me was just horrible. Um, <laughs> In like fourth or fifth grade, I started like a babysitter's club. I don't know what I was thinking because we were like 10 years old. Like who was going to hire a 10 year old? Like that's a little too young for babysitting. But um, my um, I'm best known for because I was present in the babysitter's club sitting on the bed and having everybody else sit on the floor. Oh, my God. I've grown, though. I was a tyrant. Wow. And I was always like wanting to start a band like the Spice Girls, but I'd be so bossy. I'd be like, what are I, we wearing? I've never known this about you. This is new. I've come a long way. <laughs> and I think it was like immaturity and natural leadership skills put together. Mm-hmm. And I wanting to be in control. Probably a little bit of me wanting to be in control. And I think I kept some of the good parts and I <laughs> negated some of the bad parts. I never made Caitlin sit on the floor. <laughs> On purpose. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Next week is our last episode ah, of the oh podcast, God. season one. Holy cow. When you told us we were filming 12, or sorry, recording 12 episodes, I was like, oh my God, that's a little much. <laughs> a little ambitious. I have it's a, a little ambitious. I have a tendency to get excited and over overdo things. Yeah. But I think in this case, it's paid off. Like, let us know. Leave reviews. Let us know if you guys want us to continue with this. And I think we're going to do some more guests, right? We have a lot of guests. You've spoken on podcasts, and we're going to republish those Mm -hmm. under our umbrella so that everyone can see those because people always ask you great questions. And, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good guest podcasts. And different point of views and perspectives. Awesome. And I think for season two – we start back up in the fall. We're going to get a studio space. Oh, yeah. So the sound won't be so. Yeah. The holisticism team gave us some great advice. And they were just like, rent a studio space. Stop trying to share like one sure mic between the two of you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've had so much fun. Yeah, me too. I mean, we're sitting like elbow to elbow in a 90 degree room right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we film like or recorded like most of these. Like, And when we turn it off, we're both like sweating because I have to turn the AC off. So it doesn't pick up on the mic. <laughs> and also I had that like three weeks without AC because yeah. we took it out prematurely. But next week, our last podcast is going to be all about education. We're also going to talk about all we accomplished in the first season, our favorite IRL meetings and hangs, the amazing Web3 women we met. And we're going to give you a recap on things like smart contracts, protocols, gas fees, NFTs, crypto and taxes. Oh, and you're going to quiz me. Oh, yeah. We're going to do our Crypto Witch Club quiz on the pod. So it's the first time we're doing this. We have a big master crypto quiz. We're going to do a second one coming out soon. So Caitlin is going to take it live on the podcast next week. Thanks for listening. Keep learning.
Thanks for listening to the Crypto Witch Club podcast. Subscribe and follow us online at Crypto Witch Club.